Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going, the Celtic Warriors, James? Ward Low here. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. I would never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Clump, while we're going over it, what's, uh, what are you sucking on? Uh, I got a Blind Man's Bluff by Caldwell. Is it good? Very good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when. Yeah, I That's think good. I got a couple extras. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll suck one down with you. Uh, you drinking anything? You got a drink? Uh, Budweiser. Classic. Yeah, Classic. Just, just going American. Yep. Yep. Uh, was there any news stuff outside of that that you guys want to talk about? Or are we uh, ready to move on to Raw? Let's jump into Raw, I think. Yeah, Bishop. Yeah, good with me. No, yeah. good with me. Quick congrats to Shotzi. She got married. Congrats and wrestled in her wedding dress. Pretty fun, oh. but... Um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's something that we don't get enough of in wrestling. It's just unique spots for the fun of it. That's why our truth yes. is so much fun. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so with that, let's go ahead and say a quick cheers to Fans First Sports Network for uh, keeping our lights on, keeping the doors swinging, keeping the balls dropping. Yeah, Happy New Year, Clone. Yeah, happy New, happy New Year. Did you say drop, droppy New Year? Did you just say droppy New Year? Because the ball drop? No. 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 All right. Well, <laughs> I thought he may have. I was like, who are you was... talking to? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do anything cool? Oh, I called the cops on my neighbors four times. That was about it. Dude, that's the best. <laughs> Like I kept hearing like fireworks that then turned into gunfire that turned into fireworks and gunfire. And I'm like, I'm like looking on my ring cam and there's like a dude like in the middle of the street with a, like an AR-15 just firing in the air. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> we got to do this now. Tucson's the one place out of all the places I've lived during New Year's. That's the one place where it's pretty quickly turns into guns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think in New York, though, someone shot out a street light once. That was pretty cool. But they got scared real quick and left. It was target practice. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> see, see that it was once and that you remember that's shocking to me. Because. No, yeah, no. Yeah. New York is a. Uh, they're not trying to get the police out there, dude. They do not want that. <laughs> I don't trust. Them. Uh, but yeah, we could talk raw. Uh, I don't. I don't have anything else news wise on it, so we could just talk raw. Smackdown was a preview. Was a uh, a little best yeah, of and had a couple of interviews big highlight on there was that la knight was hosting a big chunk of it and that was cool um but the biggest highlight of it was being able to see the bray wyatt package and i i honestly think they had been updated since we'd seen it last i felt like some of that stuff i didn't recall same yeah some of the backstage stuff i was like my god um oh fucking lost dude it's just unreal every time unreal and and unfair yeah it's i I rewatched the package uh first time without crying so cheers to me um but to your point i was like yeah it this it felt longer it felt like there was some more stuff i was like wait was i just crying through it before um but the the it feels so surreal every time (laughs) because I, I never associated the person. I always believed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was always just a character on TV talking, you know, it wasn't the person. And the fact that the person's gone means that the wait, wait, this character doesn't exist anymore. And I don't mean to slight the person. I just mean it from that much of believing. Like mm-hmm. I can't believe this anymore. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's insane. And a lot of the backstage yeah. stuff was really the person shining through and they were showing pictures sure. of him and Jojo, the, the, the him laughing with undertaker backstage and stuff. And they even showed a clip and I did not remember it before where he was laughing with someone backstage. I don't remember who it was. And he had the eye makeup from the fiend mask, but no fiend mask on. And you're all like, Oh shit. He came back and took the mask off. And that's what they're showing us for the first time. And that's, that's what I, I felt like the first tribute we saw really was like a tribute to him, but also a tribute to the world he created yeah. that we got to live sure. in. And so a lot of it was all like, man, we're losing an icon. And this, this felt a lot more like not only Who's was he iconic, but the person was uh, beloved. And so yeah. it felt, it felt deeper, a deeper cut to me. Um, but outside of that, I don't think anything on SmackDown really rang, rang much to me. Uh, as far as like topically speaking, so we can get into Raw. Raw opened up Michael Cole <laughs> in the ring, just announcing it's the first Raw. So uh, weird. <laughs> it was really weird, dude. Uh, I watched the Hulu version, so a lot of the stuff I didn't want to see was already cut, which was nice. But I did have to sit through the first match of the year Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch. Mm. This was. This was tough, dude. It was tough because it was a really bad match. Naya was so bad, she made Becky look bad. Because Naya does, doesn't know how to sell at all. So it made Becky look soft. And it looked like they were trying so hard not to upset each other. And they were doing everything for each other. And it was really upsetting. And then the most upsetting thing at all, of the whole thing, was that Nia Jax won. Not that I care that Nia Jax wins because Becky will put people over, but this means that it's not over. And this has to be over. Like you can't follow up a match this awful with anticipation. It was the same issue we had with the Lita stuff. They keep getting worse. And you're like, just stop. 
like I get that you're trying to get somewhere, but it's tough to watch when it's someone's that bad. Naya's so bad that everything they do together makes me less and less happy about it. You know what I mean? And the fact that we're going to get more to me was very upsetting. I just want this over with. Yeah. Um, did you guys yeah. see anything with you mean there? Go ahead. Bishop. Well, that's I'm um, listening to you and I was, you know, I felt very similar watching the match and then I didn't want to be too hard on Naya. Right. Because of how much I love Becky and, and her ability. And there was that spot where Naya was supposed to catch Becky, but it also looked like Becky's legs were too far down. But my right out my mouth was, come on, Naya, like be there. I don't know if she yeah. was too far away. Like there was there, there was such a lack of chemistry. And we've seen Naya have really good matches with small people. Her and Ronda was really good. Her and Alexa was really good. You know, and we we know what Becky can do. So the fact that they, they couldn't pull one out was so shocking. My biggest, where I agree with you, we don't need any more. But my biggest problem is I didn't realize this match was to continue to make Nia look dominant. Yeah. It looked like Becky bit the blood cap too soon. Because yeah. when that uppercut came for her to get hit off the top rope, we were all just like, like, wait, what? Yeah, that's that's how this ends. And because we saw Becky bloody before she jumps off the top rope. And then when she does, best part of the match, by the way, was the punch thrown and the sell of the punch. Like that was yeah. it was so fluid. It looked awesome. Yeah. But to see her it's mouth great. bloody beforehand, we were trying to we were around it, trying to look for like, wait, did she actually get hit? We try to see if it was real. Then the blood doesn't flow anymore after the match. I was like, oh, okay, capsule. Or at least yeah. that's what I think. Um, it was just a bummer. A bummer to continue the punch makes Becky bleed story. It's a big bummer. Yeah. Awful. I don't know. Clump, did you see anything redeeming in here? Anything you liked at all? I think I, I align with you. I don't see a benefit to continuing this. I think also to Bishop's point, my frustration, my like my personal frustration with Nia is there is her inconsistency. Mm-hmm. We have seen her in the past do good matches, but it feels like there was a point where she stopped training. Mm-hmm. She stopped learning, she got rusty, and it's now like I'm riding off of a name. It's like anyone who's washed up after their WWE run in is just like, ah, I got this shit. And they're now wrestling in some like public hall. And just resting on the fact that they're, I don't know, Jake the Snake, whoever they may be. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you think about, like, a Natalie. Not Natalie. A Natalia. <laughs> and, uh, like, she's always training. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to ever not be sharp. And when she overcompensates, she overcompensates trying to make someone else look good. She sacrifices herself in those moments. And we know it's not because she's not capable. Even when you watch her training stuff. She's whipping these dudes around and snapping into things so crisp because the other person's not making her work for it, you know? And she's so used to working with the green people who make her work for it that um, she doesn't want it to look like they're doing bad. So she'll, you know, sacrifices. But you see that side of things. And then you see the other side with like Anaya, where you go, Naya did this for like two years and just figured I got this and that was it. She doesn't need yeah. to do anything else. Yeah, this is a great point because her NXT run was really fun. Oh yeah, especially when she lost, you yeah. know, like it, it was because she was, you know, she was losing to Oscar and it was believable, you know. And then when she first came up, like I said, you know, her, her run with her, her Alexa story was the best one, you know, her yeah. her match with Ronda, where she allowed Ronda to climb all over and beat the shit out of her was one of her best matches, if not her best match, yeah. you know, and 
it's it, it's a bummer. It's a bummer because to your point, club, I definitely think she stopped learning. You know, and and we hear it from the greats all the time. You never stop learning, ever yeah. in any field. In any field, the number one thing they say is, a "Student of the game." You know, can't stop learning. Always, there's always something to learn. Oh yeah. Well, and further, like her physicality, like is not. I don't. I, I think she stopped, but also. I don't know if there's an injury there. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't – you feel bad for her in the sense that, like, hey, if you can't move like you used to or you're having issues moving, maybe you we need to work this match around you in a better way. Like, there mm-hmm. are performers that have had longer careers. Like, I think of Tamina. Tamina, you can see the wear of 20 years in the ring on her at times, but she still knocks it out and they work around her well. Yeah. Naya, I feel like, I don't know if it's Naya, I don't know if it's backstage booking or what it is, or somebody's not willing to say, yeah, this person can't do what they used to, but this person can't do what they used to. And it it doesn't, it doesn't, they don't line up right. It, it looks, it makes everyone look kind of like a joke. It ain't great. Man. Yeah, it's like the match is in third gear, but she can't get out of first. Yeah. She's, you know, when she goes to throw the punch, she's got to get it up there as opposed to do the punch, except for the last one or the kicks or whatever. Yeah, there's definitely seems to be a a slow start, not just to the match, but every move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of the Shinsuke Cody thing? I was kind of surprised it's still going on. And I guess they have a match next week. I don't and know that what it was getting out of it. Yeah, it was just like a promo recap. It didn't feel like we needed it. No. It, was actually it does feel like we've stalled. Right? Like, it feels like we threw out everything we could throw out at this, and now we didn't realize that the pay-per-views are, like, the better part of a month away. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got some really great ideas. Cool. You got this for the next month? Sure. And, like, we threw out the best part of our project. You know, we did that cool Christmas thing, and now it's like, yeah. well, what do we do now? Shit. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what happened, what came up for day one that they chose to move the match the following week. Because not having the match this week, that that's the payoff. Because like you said, Clump, that nightmare before Christmas was awesome. But they yeah. didn't have to play it again. No, they no. didn't have to. Yeah, we didn't Yeah, we didn't need any of that. Yeah. yeah, and I just, I don't know what we're getting out of it at this point. Because I mean, if Cody wins again, then I don't know what we're doing with Shinsuke. Like, I, I just don't know. It just doesn't. Yes, they've been good matches, but like. I I don't think there's as much of a story here as they're trying to paint. And it's not going to help either one of them. No. Character-wise. Character-wise, like you said, match will be really cool, really fun, probably super awesome as far as the match yeah. goes, but it's not going to help any character. It's not going to mean more afterwards for either one. And it's going to be it's going to be forgettable and in a month. That's okay. If you if you end this on raw, if you end this as a quick storyline like, yeah, we've done this over a couple weeks. We're not going to extend it to a paper, uh, premium live event. We're just going to end it. That'd be fine. But the feeling I get from it is we're going to extend this out a lot further than it has legs to go. Like maybe another spit spot in the Rumble to get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah more missed in the Rumble. Get Cody over the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber comes up and there. Yeah. I can see that. I could see that too. And I could even see it getting up to the Chamber and. And then Cody being able to take Shinsuke out of the chamber, and that's his big—that's his big come like revenge, you know. But I don't. Right. 
I just, it's so weird. This is such a static thing to me that just keeps happening. But we've talked about it before. Triple H's booking is so long-term that a lot of his stuff between the moments become very static because he doesn't think beat to beat to beat. It's, he's got large, long beats and it's like, I don't know how we get there, but we better make it work. And then when something happens, like, oh, well, now I've got nothing until this. So just kind of just stretch it. Just, yeah just recap it like it's just it's not timed well it just goes well, over, overall i like triple h's longer booking when it's like in nxt it was great yeah mm-hmm. and and it's it's paid off well in the past i think they i mean they they can't all be winners same with vince you know that yeah. not everything's gonna be a winner and now with so much more under his purview i'm sure it's a lot more broad like there's a lot more work you know yeah. Well, every everything feels more singular too, right? Like it's the rise of Jay Uso, it's the dominance of Gunther. But what in Jay Uso's rise do we remember besides the growth of Jay Uso? Right? What do we remember about Gunther's run besides how dominant he is? Is there really a story being told there? So with these singular stories, even the honestly the Cody Brock Lesnar story, maybe because Brock's not on TV all the time it didn't necessarily feel like the story. We got the three matches and we remember the three matches, but do we remember the story, right? There's the turn, the three matches, we're good. You know what I mean? Well, there so was like, never story. Remember, we kept trying to figure out what the story was because yeah, Brock turned true, for no yeah. reason. Right. It was never a story. It was a time killer. That's what I mean. Like, we keep doing things yeah. to kill time. And then at the end, it's like, and because he wins, now he's stronger. And you go, but why were they fighting to begin with? Like, which it's is a consistent thing with Cody, I think. Yeah. And it's the bummer in the not to jump off of it, but the, it's the bummer in the R Truth interjection with Judgment Day. Judgment Day was building the story of their dominance through dissension, right? How everything mm-hmm. was breaking down and all that, but they were still standing strong. And we're well, again, I guess we're still watching the growth of Judgment Day, right? But even in in Drew, right, that we're not telling stories. So I think uh, there really might be a storytelling problem when it comes to the depth of what we're watching. But I ironically we're still getting stars out of it oh yeah and it's a weird really thing odd. too yeah because i was even talking about it with someone else i feel like we've got we're, we've figured out a way to build stars bigger but to tell stories weaker yeah where before there were like intense stories that no one was getting over in well now i figure out how to get everyone over but we're really not sure how to tell a memorable <laughs> story right yeah so it's just kind of it's an interesting problem to have and again if they come to town i'm definitely going but I'm going because I want to see my faves, not because I want to see how this plays out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's get caught up in the chat real quick. Justin Time said he found himself oddly enjoying Becky and Nia. Was surprised Nia won as well, but it gives you the opportunity to decide with Becky more. Keep Nia strong and look forward to Becky finally getting her revenge. That's just it. It's like, don't look forward to Becky getting her revenge. Because this also is a step down for Becky. This is doing nothing for oh. Becky. I mean, You're it's really felt like... Yeah, this felt like a we have nothing for you package. Like this felt like we don't know what to do with you. And then I feel like that, I mean, it comes across like she's pitching ideas and they say, we don't like it, we don't like it. How about we go back to the Naya thing? And this is what you get out of it. Just because it's this or we don't have anything for you. This is what this feels like. And I don't want Becky like doing stuff that they have nothing for. What's up? Feels like the kind of thing that Steve Austin walks in the company for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Justin's right from the story that they're telling on TV, right? Like yes. 
he's absolutely correct for what's displayed on TV. The problem with us as fans that have been watching so long and like to come in here and talk about it, we never cared about the Nia punch. Yeah. And Becky's character for the last five years never cared about the Nia punch because yeah. she did so much afterwards. Everything she did with Bianca to make Bianca a fucking star has nothing to do with the punch. Don't you also remember that before Nia got fired, they had a face-to-face backstage and Becky said, keep my name out of your mouth and punched her. And I said, oh, that's perfect. That's how you do it. That's how you do it where she gets even and doesn't have to ever revisit it. And now they're mm-hmm. revisiting it where it's kind of right. like, oh, not, I'm not into it. And then Justin also said, uh, love this new Shinsuke Nakamura, but the whole feud just feels like something for Cody to do till they reach the rumble. And that I agree with. This version of Shinsuke is fucking awesome. I just wish he was doing something that made me feel like it was for something. You know yes. I mean? right. Like if he was with, this would be a great chance for him to get some wins over some working talent, like yes, some people yeah. in the mid card, you know, people that aren't, aren't bad by any stretch, but you're not expecting to win. And he looks great. And then it keeps building up, but yep. Putting them right against Cody, it's weird because you're. I think also you, the long term storytelling, you're like, well, I know what the story is or told the story because that's literally Cody's promo. No. But what part, what, like, what chapter is this? Yep. You know? Yep. And it kind of sucks that Shinsuke is like the, gets to be a middle boss that gets, that you just kind of what whip ass and keep going through. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I think we that's the, the disconnect that I, I wasn't able to the puzzle piece that was missing in my head when it came to Shinsuke, because this started with Seth too, right? Like that's when yeah. Shinsuke's, you know, bad guy self was coming through with Seth, but he's going up against the guy. And who's the guy in the entire company, right? Like it's Cody. So if you're gonna go up against him, you're not gonna benefit on the back end because you're gonna lose. You just are. That's Cody's particular TV story is that he wins every match. He shows a little bit of vulnerability, but he wins. So this, I, I love the point about going back to these other guys. Fuck it, go back to Ricochet, go back to Bronson Reed with this new character and say, hey, you guys were difficult with me before, not anymore. You know, surpass surpass Drew McIntyre, stand in front of Seth and go, no, I'm done. Go over to Cody afterwards. Give this the time instead of wasting it, not wasting it, but instead of building on Cody from December to whenever, yes, give December to someone else, a ricochet. Give the, you know, January yeah. to someone else, a McIntyre. Give, you know, February to Cody into March when Cody decides on where he's going for Mania. Here we go. Or maybe Cody Nakamura is the Mania match, you know? Like, there's there's definitely other ways to make Nakamura look credible that they haven't. Yeah. Because yeah, the credibility is he... lost with the superstar he's going against. Sorry. Well, and he didn't have it coming out of the Seth one. He lost every yes. match with Seth. So it was like, okay, he needs to be in something that gives him credibility now. And the next thing yeah. you do is like, well, now I'll have him lose a bunch to Cody too. And you're like, well, it's not helping. Well, that or you're going to give him some wins on Cody. and But ultimately, Cody's got to win. Yeah. So it doesn't like, it's it's weird, you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it. It has a a great end. Anyway, you look at it. Yeah. Um. What do you think about 
the DIY thing where they're going, they, they're saying they want to win the tag team gold. What do you think about them as a team right now? Even like, do you think it's something that could be viable that they could turn around? I love triple H a lot. I love his booking. I love what he did in NXT. I feel like DIY is a really close to him project. Yeah. Um, that he's really stuck on how big and over they got in the indies independently as well as in NXT with a stagnant crowd. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that maybe is lost in translation here. Um some corn fed some corn uh, group of corn fed guys from Iowa really won't give a shit about this five <laughs> five six and five nine guy respectively uh in a match. Um yeah. You know, they, they don't have much oomph to me. They don't have much power. I, I like the matches they do. I think they're great at the spots. I think they're great workers. I just don't see them together right now as this fantastic thing. Maybe if instead of going for DIY, the friendly patting on the back kind of silly thing that it's funny, but it doesn't have as long, it doesn't have great legs to me. I'd love them to be a team, but kind of more how Ciampa was an absolute monster. Because mm. Ciampa is remarkably, like, remarkably intimidating for his size. Yeah. And I don't know, I know Gargano can't do it, but, you know, like, having Ciampa lead would be something really cool to me. Yeah. That's that's such a great point, because Johnny, let's just say he's the Dolph Ziggler, right? Where he is wrestling proficient. Well, what was his ceiling? Right? So yeah. what do you expect to get out of Johnny that you couldn't get or stop getting out of Ziggler? You know, yeah. so how high do you think this is going to go? So what, what are they investing in? And I agree, you know, it seems like Triple H has a thing for them, but you have to realize who your talent is. And like all wrestlers from Triple H's era and before, what do they tell you to do? Listen to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And the crowd's not responding for the spots they continue to get. So they can mm-hmm. say that they want the titles. And guess what happens when they win? There's going to be five people in the crowd going like this. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But to yeah. get Johnny to be more brooding like Ciampa would be amazing. But every time Ciampa's next to Johnny, what happens? It brings Ciampa down, brings him more into the silly, more into the jovialness. And we lose that. Like I said on episode one, that chair slamming Champa, you know, the throw the yeah. chair and walk away Champa, the one who did the be, fight pit with Riddle Champa, you know. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to to bring them to the more brooding, aggressive uh, style of Champa, while still mix like you could still mix in that humor, but you just gotta turn that shit down. I I, you know, I I think. You know, I love Johnny to death in a lot of ways. He's, you know, I've really liked what he does. But yeah, it's he's the he's as throwable as Akira Tozawa and as workable as Ziggler. You know, just maybe let him be the worker. Yeah, or even I could see them doing something sort of like a Ziggler and McIntyre. McIntyre was this crazy dude, and Ziggler was kind of the more lighthearted. Like, hold hold on, man. Like, we can. Yeah, don't upset my guy over here. Like, you could still have their respective personalities 
be differing where they can still partner up, you know, y'all, you pissed off Champa, you know what I mean? Almost like Kevin Owens and Sammy. Like we've seen that dynamic work a lot, you know, where the one uh-huh. dude is just this crazy menace and the other guy's a little more lighthearted being like, oh, you pissed off my buddy. And now we're going to do this. Like, but yeah, it mean, feels like the B team. Feels like B team. Dude, love the B team. Got the t-shirt. It's amazing. <laughs> when I saw him drawing the B on the shirt with the Sharpie, I was like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen, you know? Uh, but no, I think the name I think the name DIY is what's hindering Champa because it unifies the personalities. We mm-hmm. both were we both are undersized. We both were overlooked. We both didn't get what we deserve. We both had to do it ourselves. But when you look at what Champa did by himself in NXT, he helped groom 2.0. Yeah. He was the linchpin for all these guys being able to take the brand from him. He got the he got the send off where he was crying with Triple H at um yeah. you know stand and deliver like he was the final chapter to what yeah. NXT Black and Gold was you know that's big difference from who Johnny was yep maybe what you do you continue this silly bullshit for like a couple weeks they lose and then Champa cuts it out and says. We're not DIY. We can't do this. We're DIY 2.0 because of what I did. Mm-hmm. And then he takes over. And then you build some credibility up, you know. But I don't think giving them the belts is going to make people suddenly give a shit about them. Yeah. In this form. Yeah. I mean, the belts are already struggling. They always do. It always takes yeah. everyone. And it has for years. It takes everyone several minutes to figure out who's the tag team champion. Putting it on DIY is not going to help that. Right. Uh, let's move through a little bit more. Uh, Uso and Kofi took on Imperium, and Giovanni got rocked, dude, and they had to stop the match there. I watched that spot a couple times, and it was like almost hard to see his head bounce. It just happened so fast, which is even scarier. Because mm-hmm. um, you could tell exactly the bump that it was, but you didn't see anything that looked... That, you know what I mean? I didn't see anything where I go, oh, that, that guy fucked up. It was on his flat bump, his head jerk back must have at the same time he didn't get his chin up or something like you couldn't see anything that was like done wrong by either person at all and he was in control he just hit his head and got rocked and it was fucking scary dude yeah i don't know if you guys watched nxt but it wasn't as bad as lyra valkyria last <laughs> night she she took a face first bump to the mat that mm-hmm. was i mean the whole left side of her face just ate the entire mat it wasn't even a protect you with your hands first or hit your shoulder first. It was just face and neck first. And I I went, you know, as it was happening. And I don't get those reactions. It looked bad. And they kept the match going. So I get it, too. The back of the head, they did that with Rey Mysterio in the match against uh, whoever the fuck it was, you know, for the, uh, the U.S. title situation. Uh, when it's the back of the head, they must take it a little bit more, uh, more serious. He was, he was locked up, dude. His hands were up. He had a hard time. Ray Mysterio was no Giovanni. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you got it. That's a sign of a concussion. That's an instant concussion. And once I saw the head, I was like, okay. Hmm? What was that? I believe it was Jason Ayers was the ref, and he slid right over to him, caught it right away. And uh, there was even a ref who had made mention of it on on uh, X that I saw, where he said that he had worked with Ayers on the Indies a lot and was very good and keen on catching things like that, and he's sure that. He called it the second he did because of that, you know, that um 
Awesome. He's taking care of his people, dude. That was a ref call. That wasn't anybody else's and it wasn't going to be. He saw his fingers locking up and went, fuck. <laughs> yeah. No. And so, yeah, he slid right over to him. You could see because the spot was the other guy. Was it Kofi? Yeah, the spot was Kofi getting hit, right? So Kofi's kind of like sticking his head up and trying to look like he's having a rough go of it. And Ayers like said something to him and like slid straight over to Giovanni. And like, that was that. Um, so, I mean, good on the rest for stopping it. Good on the rest for being keen and being aware of it and not just dragging a stiff body to the corner and forcing a tag to keep the match going. It's just, it's not that important. And uh, yeah. I mean, Giovanni's so good. I was just surprised. Me too. That's, that's what surprised me the most. Because you rewatch it, and it does look like that, like a failure in technique, right? Like he didn't mm-hmm. quite tuck his chin to keep his head from, you know, making full contact like that. I, you know, I said the same thing because for it to be him and it to look like a failure technique, not some silly botch, you know? Well, it speaks to the dynamic nature of, the, of what we're watching. I mean, mm. if you're good, you're, you're playing, you're riding right on the edge, especially if you're good. The better you are, the closer you ride that edge where it can end in disaster. You know, because you want it to look good. You want it to look, you know, like you're not being punched and the fight, the the blows stopping a foot away from you. And it's easy for something to be mistimed. It's easy for your partner to be mistimed and just be that, you know, one in a million shot that happens. I would say I'm I'm happier here that we stopped the match and we saw that. Yeah. That to me meant so much more than what we've seen. Reason. I think of Matt Hardy. Yeah, Matt Hardy, you know. No. No. Um, I'm wondering, I was wondering too, real quick, I, if Kofi was too close on the drop kick and kind of caused it on the front end as well. Um, but it was tough to see because we didn't have the like other side angle. Both those guys. That could so happen. Cool. Like if you could, you know, that could have, you know, just taken them slightly off, off, off kilter. And then the yeah. second hit was so much worse. Yeah, uh, could be. Could be that, that that kick could have like thrown his head back when he was already falling back, and it could have just furthered it. Uh, just a mistiming. Uh, let's see as we keep going though. Miz TV and it goes into the match of uh, Miz and Truth against Dom and JD McDonough. I was barely paying attention to this because of, I mean, what was there <laughs> to pay attention to? Honestly, it was fine, and I listened to it, but I didn't look up because I was kind of doing other stuff. And I do like our Truth. I think he's great. Uh, we talked about it before, though. I don't think he's helping Judgment Day, but he is no. making for entertaining segments. So he's he's making for entertainment entertaining segments, but he's taken away like the seriousness that Judgment Day built up. I don't I don't get why they had to mix him in here. I think there's a lot of other places our truth could come in. I think our truth and Grayson Waller would be fantastic. I think our truth and yeah, our truth and Pretty Deadly would be fantastic. Oh, you know, our truth trying to join them. <laughs> yes our truth and miz having it just go that way would be fine here we just saw four people doing their jobs well yeah. but couldn't be <laughs> couldn't be bothered to give a shit about it yeah i would say this could have been cut from it but then i see the stuff that was cut from it or the hulu version and go well <laughs> i mean it was probably the best of what they had there <laughs> my well my favorite part of the match was cut on hulu which was uh our truth starting the match in the neutral corner 
because yeah. he was tagging with Miz, but he's he's a part of the Judgment Day, so he started in a neutral corner. Miz tags him, and then the referee makes him go into the, the Miz's corner to be able to get tagged. So the whole match, our truth was playing off the fact, like, I got it, Dom. Wink, wink. Like, you know, we're going to bust them up. I got you, Dom. Uh, you know, and then there was one moment in the match where our truth had to um, prove himself to Judgment Day by attacking Miz, and he did the I'm sorry, I love you. And was going to punch him, but hit J.D. McDonough. He kept telling J.D. Like, he even stood in Dom's corner with Judgment Day. And he's McDonough's like, what are you doing? He's like, R-Truth goes, I'm in Judgment Day. You're not. Like, so <laughs> the R-Truth factor was awesome. Um, but like we talked about on episode one, on episode one, and I think maybe even on episode one, since R-Truth has joined the Judgment Day storyline, Judgment of the Day's value has gone down and down and down and down. From the second he called where they're hanging out, a clubhouse, to even here where he's being this fun guy within this group. They took him away from the Creed brothers so soon where that's where the value seemed to be. So, you know, I don't know. It'd be nice if they did something else. But Yeah, yeah this is it was not fun. adding uh, Sami Zayn to the bloodline. This is... Uh... right. This is much different. And I wonder if part of them thought going into it, this was going to do that. This was going to be the Sammy Zayn bloodline story, but with Judgment Day and our truth. Yeah, I, think, but I, our... I don't think they understood the level of comedy and genius that was Sammy Zayn. I think they just thought he was being funny, but he wasn't. He was being very character driven. Yes. You know what I mean? Our truth, love him as much as we do. Is comedy. He's is just comedy and that's just his character and that's what his character's always been we were watching the change of sammy zane sammy zane's character was changing through it he was going through an evolution and happened to be using the bloodline to foster that so we we're watching amazing character development and alteration and evolution our truth doesn't do that because he doesn't have to because he's the man you know so he's going in there as the comedy player that he is and just adding that to judgment day but we're not seeing an evolution on anybody's side, really. Like, you see Judgment Day trying to accommodate for our truth and not spoil the comedy, but we're not seeing any of the kind of evolution we saw in the bloodline. And so, I, I, to me, that's what it feels like. This feels like a failed attempt to get a Sami Zayn boost on the bloodline mm -hmm. for Judgment Day. Honestly, I feel like it's a holding pattern because they can't tell the same story that they were with Judgment Day. I don't necessarily because they're not keeping Judgment Day together all the time. Damian mm -hmm. Priest and Finn are over here. Ray is over there. This is what is our truth doing when the whole crew is not together. So I don't necessarily agree at this moment. If it goes any further than this, then yeah, I'll I'll pick up on that. I can see where you. I could definitely see where you got that from. Just this particular moment, it feels like they want Judgment Day to be more entertaining on TV, which mm -hmm. is along the same lines of what you're saying. But they just look mm -hmm. different. I mean, that was the that bloodline was starting to falter a little people a little True. bit. And people were getting a little they were getting a little tired of the bloodline thing. And then we added Sami Zayn to it and it became the hottest that bloodline has ever been to this day. The Sami Zayn story arc within the bloodline was the hottest thing the bloodline ever did. So I don't know, maybe they thought they could step it up. Um the the last thing we're gonna talk about before we refill our drinks here though is uh uh, the women's world championship match, Rhea and Ivy Nile retaining, uh, you know, Rhea retains, but I mean, it was good. Didn't hate it, but it did feel super staticky. Like 
this is this is the time of year where I think we've talked about it before, which is we're just waiting to get to Rumble. Yeah. Because it's all the happens. stories are gonna Yeah. So it was neat, but I mean you yeah, know what we were doing. It was a slow starter, a little bit paint by numbers, gave a little bit of credibility to Ivy, but it just wasn't as uh as crisp as we were used to seeing. Yeah. And they kept saying it on commentary too, Ivy and I was first singles match on the main roster. Like, you know, with any other person that that happens to, we go, Oh, well, they're being pushed and all that bullshit. I just think it was just like the Maxine Dupree match against Rhea, you know, an opportunity to show a uh, a lesser talent, if you will. You know what the struggle is with Rhea? She's so involved in the men's storylines that they don't know how to get her involved in a woman's storyline. That makes sense. That's She's doing point. nothing important with the women at all. They keep feeding her people generally, generically. Hey, this person hasn't wrestled ever. Let's give them a match with the champion for some fucking reason. Because her main storyline has to do with a bunch of the men's stuff. So we talked about it really clever that this is how Rhea is getting time on TV with the men's storylines, which is very different than all the other women. And the women are trying to figure out ways to get on TV. And then Rhea's double dip is I'm going to do all this important stuff with this big storyline. And then I'll just have a random match that means nothing with some jobber. I don't think they ever should have put the belt on Rhea. I wonder. it's just too much. Not knocking Rhea. Rhea's a fantastic uh, performer, and I think if she had to focus on one area, not two, yeah. And, and I think arguably we, we just talked about Becky being kind of like, you're in the mid-card now, buddy. Yeah. Becky with the belt could do so much more. Yeah. Such yeah. a good point. It's such a good point because uh, I'll agree and disagree. The only disagree I have is I think Rhea winning the title solidified Judgment Day. Yes. But at this stage of the game, she could have lost it by now. Because when you look at mm-hmm. pay-per-view after pay-per-view, she hasn't been the highlight or the mainstay from them. So had she lost it, especially in that six-woman match in Saudi, it's probably a perfect opportunity to kind of move away because she was overwhelmed by the numbers. Then she could focus on this particular role as the leader of Judgment Day and done some other things. So I And look, she could after that, Dom wins the North American title. That could have been her thing. Not as a valet, but as this dominant coach for the yeah. entire team. Finn and Priest win the tag titles after she she won her title. So she could have been, I'm the champ of the group. I'm going to show you guys how to win champ. It's a much easier story to tell than exactly what you're saying right now, Pump, is that her without the title would could actually bring more value to Judgment Day, where Becky could bring more value to the women's division as a champ. Yeah. yeah. Well, and her chasing as part of judgment day her she could then stick her head in not as i have to i have to stick my head and i have the belt but stick her head in like i want a challenge for the belt i got robbed and still as, yes. have that more focus on the judgment day and the credibility and all that would still be there absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah yeah i think her as a champion is hurting the division producer lady here thanks for tuning in Continue to support and buy us a drink by putting the I in subscribe and reviewing our podcast. And cheers to Fans First Sports Network for keeping the dive bar lights on. I would never have a drink with wrestling.